evening, everyone. I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll bet you're warming up for the great Thanksgiving, aren't you? This is Veronica Antwistle thinking, well, we're going to talk about gratitude. We're going to talk about thanking ourselves, thanking one another. One of the things I want us to thank ourselves for is a whole bunch of karmic, cellular, subconscious, Horkin experiences. You know, the guides keep saying over and over again, you can step right out of karma these days, step right out. And I think it's really interesting that sometimes we get snagged on a kind of a judgment or a way that our identity gets skewed because of what has happened before. So I thought, hmm, maybe what we should do is spend some time in gratitude for the various steps we've taken, even if they've been up and down some of the most bizarre paths, right? Because you're a multi-dimensional being. And one part of being multi-dimensional, this is only one section of it, is having a very, very, very rich and deep soul's journey, right? A past, you could say everything is current, everything's the past and the future right now. I find that a little bit too enigmatic when I'm trying to talk about it, so I'm going to be less enigmatic and make it sound almost linear tonight. So say you've been a real jerk in another life, and chances are uh, probably 150% that you have and I have and most of us have. We've taken chances and been real jerks and had very little... Uh, consciousness about other people. We've, we've all done those things. So in this life or in other lives, you may find yourself suddenly, I, I've done this, to sit up in the night and go, wow, is I really like that? But it doesn't matter where that liking is from. You know, if you could make atonement, if you can pay somebody back or whatever it is you want to do, that's fine. But most cases, the hugest gift of thanksgiving is in deep appreciation for ourselves and for the courage we've had for various aspects of our soul's journey. The courage just to go there and be that, the um, intentional um, <clears throat> going through the struggles, going through the reactions and so on. But we're coming out the other side. That's the way I understand this whole thing about releasing from karma. We're coming out the other side of it. It's almost like you've been in a labyrinth of experiences. And as you come out the other side, there's like a, um, a refreshment possible deep within your soul about the fact that here you are, as Eckhart Tolle would say, here you are in the now, right now, right this very moment. Now we'll futurize a little bit and go, we're headed into Thanksgiving. And it's a perfect time to really sit with Great gratitude for who you are and what you've been on your soul's journey for however long it's been. My gosh, when they cracked the egg and you popped out, gosh, oh, get up. That might have been like thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of years ago. And it could have been on different galactic centers. We don't know all that. And we don't actually need to know all that. For most of us, past lives come through in snippets and bits because of some experience we have. And uh, something I learned, I don't know if this is 100% true, but it's uh, true quite often. If you've got five senses, which you do and I do, if we use four of those senses, meaning if, you, if your experience here and now 
lines up at least on four senses with something that happened a bazillion years ago, you can drop into that memory and the memory will be a feeling, an experiential memory as well of something maybe in your vision, in your um, mind. It's very interesting, isn't it? So you let yourself uh, go through the feelingness of whatever it is and it can awaken you to knowing. So if, like if you've been through the pyramids in another life, it can wake you to knowings of what that's like. You can think of it as kind of like a near-death experience or you can think of it as a sudden intuitive flash or both or all of the above. But usually it means that you've had a number of your senses engaged in this moment the way they were in another experience that you had at perhaps other different lives or other different galaxies. Anyway, it's sort of I was cogitating and uh, talking to Bob on the phone a while back about um, what we're thankful for and the interview I did for Paradigm Shifters, which was a kind of a pithy interview. I thought it wasn't... Uh, I think I was disappointed in it until I re-listened to it last night, and it was a very pithy interview by Charles Eisenstein, and he's a master of um, uh, of the monetary system and shifting it into a gifting system or gifting economy. And he, the when he talks, he has us all. And if you haven't heard this interview, you might want to check the podcast. But what he has is. Um, us paying attention to the fact that, for example, you and I spend a lot of our time anxious. We spend all of our life in debt, either on the edge of debt or in debt, because that's the way the money game goes on the planet at this point. And a few people have a lot of it, and the rest of us are running around like, what was his name? Daniel Brinkley said, it's interesting because a lot of people who have a lot of money that don't have to pay taxes. And you and I run around saving every slip of paper, calculating my, like mad <laughs> to see if we uh, have to pay as many taxes or what can we do to make our living livable. And it's a really interesting thing, isn't it? Uh, uh, the whole moneyed system is a system of um, a kind of serfdom, you know, like in the old days where you have the lords and you have the uh, people. I think of it as kind of an enslavement. So there's Charles Eisenstein, who's a very, very intelligent man. And he's working all over the world giving talks. You can see his YouTubes and so on. But he's giving talks and he's got some absolutely amazing books on the history of monetary systems and also the conscriptions, how many, uh, whether it's um, the monetary system, and then he talks about the education system, how many people are working systems, how many people hate Mondays, and why do we hate Mondays? How many people, whether it's kids or adults, are conscripted to routines that they don't really like? And the reason they don't like them is because they're not built to, they're built to train us and they're built to have you behave yourself, but they're not built to truly engage in the depth of your learning curve, you know? And he's talking about all of that and he's saying that if our economy was more based on a gifting consciousness, meaning here you are, you're making, um, oh, widgets and you're selling tons of them. And you've got some money left over. So what do you do with that money? You gift it to someone else. 
And who needs it or who doesn't need it? But he did specify it's better if they appreciate it. So you gift it to that person. Then other people, when they have uh, extra or when they've got more than, <coughs> excuse me, more than what they need, they may turn a gift to you. And what he's saying is as these gifts go round and round, it's easier for you to, uh, what is it, um, not qualify, but it's easy for you to attract more and more gifting because you're giving and giving. And the art of uh, uh, building a society which is mutually supportive you know, you can talk about, oh, my God, what if it's socialism? Oh, my gosh, what if it's this? Whoa, my gosh. But capitalism and the trickle-down theories haven't exactly worked for the greater good, have they? He talked a lot about that kind of thing. And that threw me into Thanksgiving is coming up. And that cracks off the whole holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Christmas, to me... Um, is less about the, the baby Jesus and more about the rebirth. This is a season of rebirth. It's where there's darkness, a lot of darkness. The days are longer on the dark side than the light side. And what happens in the night? And what happens in the darkness? Isn't that where influence is in the subconscious? Isn't that where a lot of us go through huge, whether they're dreams or nightmares? But there's a lot of processing that goes on in the subconscious, superconscious, unconscious parts of our being in the night. There's a lot of influences that come in the night. So I'm saying to you that at this time of the year, I think of rebirth as being the big deal. A lot of people celebrate the solstice, which is equal day and night, right? And that it has been a, an ancient ritual to celebrate both sides so I don't know if I'm saying it exactly the way other people would say solstice, but I'm just saying it is a time. This is the time of year which moves us into a time of rebirth. Then we go back into the karmic thing and go, oh, we're told that we can step right out of karma. I'm going, well, isn't that perfect for rebirth? The shift is supposed to have happened, and uh, apparently it's supposed to take now till about 2020. And I go, yeah, well... Uh, we haven't exactly we haven't exactly experienced any time relationship to these huge unfoldments out in the universes but i do know this that there are waves of change coming up in our consciousness there are waves of change potential i put it that way coming up in human consciousness so that little children are being born with a complete ability. I, I've heard of year and year and a half children playing video games and being able to handle the whole video thing because they're being born vibrationally attuned to some very electronic uh, stuff that didn't exist in the olden days when I was born, right? Different waves of change were coming in through the consciousness of the species at that point. Things are speeding up. The frequencies are speeding up on the planet and way out in the universes and in you and in me. And as that speeding up goes on, it's easier for us to flap the sheets of the subconscious and move vibrationally stuff that might have resonated at a very deep and heavy level, move it up to a higher and higher level. Now, what does that mean? 
That means that people are going to be able to do healing, forgiveness, helping each other, a lot more empathy, intuition. The whole consciousness of gifting economy may, I'm not promising this, but wouldn't it be wonderful if it was an example of a huge system changing because of the rising tides of consciousness through humanity? And why are they rising? Uh, We could call it a different kind of global warming. We're warming up our consciousness and our willing to accept the moving frequencies so our consciousness will go up. I think of it as very nice cogitational material and I'm really looking forward to, uh, what am I looking forward to? Trying to, uh, I guess this is a try, this is an actual thing yet because I have to use it like a discipline. But to keep myself aligned with being awake to the gifts and also feeling the fields of change that are flowing all around the universe, but through us as people, making it easier and easier for us to return to the statement, step out of karma, which are old fields that are uh, locked in our body-mind, sort of records, you know. When they come up and you feel I've been pulled into something where I brought down a whole town because of uh, betrayal that I got involved in and that was in another lifetime. Or even if we look at the end times of Atlantis and we're talking about how a lot of us came here to relive the end times of Atlantis and change the outcome and change it so that Atlantis was destroyed, but we don't really have to be destroyed. And if we are managing, as the guides keep saying, to step right out of the karmic influences, why wouldn't that alter how Atlantis, you know, faced its, uh, what do they call it, Waterloo? Waterloo. Wouldn't that alter that kind of thing? So it's a collective demise that we were talking about Couldn't it alter that if we reached into our bellies and moved some of the uh, edicts that have been pulling on us there and and really allowed ourselves to remember you don't have to do all the work. Your work is in clearing because the work is spiraling up through you with the possibility of creation, of making changes on the planet and making sure that that resonance, which is contagious one to the other, can move through and resonate round and round the world. I love the idea of thinking like that, don't you? And I really, really love Eisenstein's work on the planet. He really, really made me think. All right, so let's do our meditation. Here's the numbers. I'm going to get you to call in tonight. And I want to have at least four callers, you guys. Not none. (laughs) So I just get to do all the talking. But I'm hoping that there will be at least four callers. So let's do our collective meditation, our coherent meditation, and let's see what comes up. Here's the number. You might want to jot it down. 888-627-6008. 888-627-6008. All right, everybody, close your eyes. And create above your head about two miles a golden ball. And as you do it, see if you can feel that golden ball, the resonance and the radiance of that ball. 
And now below your spine, another one. And drop a filament of light from the upper ball down into the lower ball. And that filament of light, like a beautiful golden thread, runs right through your spine. So there you are on a skewer, right? And drop a pyramid from the upper golden ball down to about waist height and push it out. And then upside down, point another golden pyramid into the lower golden ball. And make sure those two pyramids are pushed together so that they create, remember, a great big golden diamond. And inside of that diamond, you create a crystal ball. And the crystal ball touches the inside edges of your diamond. Ah, we've got diamonds and crystals, good for us. And just see the shimmering on your crystal ball. And now you want to move inside that into a star tetrahedron or a three-dimensional star of David. You're inside of that. Isn't that wonderful? Can you feel it? Can you feel the presence of yourself inside of that? And now start to spin and spin and spin and spin. And as you do, spin and spin and spin. And as you do, look in front of you. In front of you, there's a magical screen. And you're going to create a few movies on that screen. And the first movie is you becoming what it is you want to become. I'm seeing myself, I told you before, I want to be consciously multidimensional, but also fully consciously stepping out of karma. Fully consciously. I see myself doing that. What do you see yourself doing? See yourself pulling out of things? See yourself being brilliant? What is it you'd like to be? And as we get closer and closer to what it is you want to be, wrap that in light and let it keep stewing. Move it over to the left. And now the second screen. The second screen is you creating a project. What project do you want? The project you want, you want to see all the, okay, just picture it first, yeah. And you want to see all the resources, the people, the money, the time, the location, everything you need to create your project. Good. Okay. Just see it happening. And all the pieces are coming together. Oh, it's so exciting. (gasps) Here's a little piece that you thought about. and, And there it is. And here's one you didn't think about. And there it is. And you see yourself getting happier and more and more peaceful. Because guess what? It's your servitude. It's what you came here to do. It's your dharma, darling. And then when that project has reached some sort of completion, then I want you to breathe deeply, smile, give yourself a, yay me, and then start calling in all the resources that it's going to take for your project to maintain itself for its natural life. And then wrap that in light. Wrap your glowing project in light and move it over to the side. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go into the Galactic Healing Center. Now, remember, in your healing team, 
you have healers, right? In your team, you have healers. Let's pick at least eight of them. They can be any characters that you want and have this healing table lying there and this, these wonderful healing beings stand around the table. And the first person on the table, da-da, is you. So lay on that table and tell them what it is you'd really like to work on. There you are. And if you don't know, you ask them and they'll tell you. So what is it I'd like to work on? Okay. Now I'm not going to share it. I always say this, don't I? I'm not going to share what you're telling me. It's a big secret. Are they telling you anything? Yeah. Okay. And you can feel them. Can you feel them as they smooth out your frequencies? Yeah, I can. It just feels really nice and buzzy. Yeah. It's nice to lie down and be looked after, isn't it? Now, as you start feeling the energy moving through your body, wrap it in light and move it over to the side, and it will keep going. The energy will keep buzzing through you. And now we'll bring in another table and our team will replicate themselves. And we're going to bring in a young woman who seems, uh, nobody's quite sure, but she seems to be uh, very mm, depressed. She gets in a very good mood and then she gets into a really bleak mood and is extremely controlling. She's a really, really bright and giving soul. But she vacillates back and forth. Okay, thank you. Can I ask them to wait for a few minutes? Thank you. Um, we're going to, uh, there we are. Now we're going to see her, and the, the team is working on her brain pattern and also on her belly. The belly, remember, houses the subconscious. There's no reason why this young one can't move out of her own karmic traces, if that's the way to put it. Yeah. There we are. And they're working with her head. Mm -hmm. You know what I heard the other day? Somebody said, look up O negative blood personality type. And I did. And they say that very often they have a larger head. Not, you know, not a misshapen head, just a larger head. And they often have um, a lot of the ET... Um, DNA, that sort of thing in them, and they're unusual. So I don't know if that's true, but if any of you has O negative, but I know that this person lying on the table does. Now, if that's true, that somebody has a kind of an ET link, they might find that they feel a little bit out of sorts uh, in the human domain here because obviously they're going to be different, right? Now let's wrap this young one in light because I see in her heart and in her belly and in her head, there's a lot more light coming up and the flows are moving through her body. That's it. They're moving through her body beautifully. So we're going to wrap it in light and move it over to the left. And now we have another one. This one is the Prince Charming. We talked about... We talked about you a couple of weeks ago, Mr. If you're listening tonight, I hope you'll see yourself. Now, we talk about karma and how we're going to be able to step out of karma. This gentleman has a cognizant memory of having been a king. 
And it's really interesting. We can say, well, does that mean that in another life, either I was a terrible king, I'm a nasty man, and I have to be a pauper. That's one option, right? But I don't think karma works like that. I look at him and I see, and you can lie down on your bed. It's okay. (laughs) He's sitting up. You lie down. And the reason we lie down is because there's kind of a surrender there. You want to surrender and that your team and guidance is going to work through your body-mind. Because he's been a king and he had an amazing grip or hold over people. And that in this lifetime... All right, so uh, one of the things we're learning is to let go, let go, let go, right? So this one, this gentleman who is the king, he is very uh, much a leader in this lifetime. In that lifetime, he was a rather benevolent king. He had a big, big heart, and he had a big vision. But he had a very impersonal relationship to many, for example, women with whom he had intimacy because he did not deign to be, uh, what is it, uh, per- very personal. He wasn't personally attached. He was um, um, pat- more paternalistically atta- attached to them. And his wife in that, and we did talk about her a while back, but his wife uh became, uh, I I don't want to say forced, but in the relationship that they had and with all these other women as well, she became humbled. And any way that she broke out of whatever was the trance that he had all these women in and whatever she stood up to try to be heard, he would uh, punish her by either delaying rewards or uh, not speaking with her or that sort of thing. And there's something in this lifetime in which those two people are still vying for the power it takes. He has an idea of what she needs to do to be okay in his eyes. And she has to put a suppression on herself in order to meet his needs. Now, that's sort of interesting because as a karmic thing, that is a very unconscious drive. He's not trying to be mean. He's a kind, kind man. He just wants to help. And help looks this way to him, and it may look this way to her. So I guess what we'll say is to this gentleman, when I look at your healing team, I want to say, let them guide you to the parts of your body where Yes, everybody at home, you can probably feel this. Let them guide you to the parts of your body where you're suppressing your joyful appreciation of the variances in people. For example, your wife. If you could joyfully appreciate the fact that she's surprising, she's different than anything you ever expected, not having to conform to what you'd like, but... um, you appreciating the differences that she is. And that's something that comes when you strip. There's, see, there's a great big uh, holding pattern in your chest, and there's also one in your belly. So if you can call it forth and ask yourself to feel where the patterns are held in your body, and these are the patterns of your judgments of people, meaning I deem your... Um, 
a good person if you do this or that. That's judgment, isn't it? Whereas the person might be wildly creative and be very different than anything that you set up. So I want you to play with that. This is to our uh, fellow who's lying on the table right now who's been a king. Because the king, the royalty, and this is for all of us to think about, to be absolutely royal, to be an amazing, amazing person, the people around you will need to be rising. And see, the society is changing, you see. Instead of them doing it your way because you know the best, you're the one who's going to prompt that they come into their own they come into their own light and they will be around you and they won't be able to resist you because your focus, your attention has the ability to spur on their ability to self-actualize and their self-love. So we're saying you'd be like an electrode in time and people around you feel a a growing kind of self-love. It's not selfish, remember, You can't really, none of you can really achieve all that much if you haven't learned to love yourself. And I know what it's like not to love myself and to love myself. And I'm not always consistent. Fortunately, I go back and forth enough to believe it's possible, you know? So I love our king. He's a lovely, lovely man. And he's moving from that way of kingly love into an internal way. You understand? So anyway, let's see one more person, and then we've got somebody on the line. Well, instead of one more person, we're going to bring in a political situation. How about that? And um, we were talking about the gifting economy, so how about we bring, again, the international banking system into our table, okay? We're bringing an international banking system into our table. And as we bring it in, all those who are... In charge of its design, if you will, or its um, implementation. Yeah, bring that in and see all these different people that are in charge of it. Good. There's a guy named Nick Hanauer, and he did a TED Talk, and he apparently is one of the wealthy people. You might want to catch his talk. He's making, He's doing a call to arms for very wealthy people to rethink their use of wealth and see if they can help redistribute a lot of it. So his name is Hanauer, and he's a TED Talker. So when we're bringing all these people in, let's see us infusing them with consciousness and see us also infusing ourselves with consciousness because these people, just like you and me, have the ability to transform or just like our king have the ability to transform some of the same qualities to the other end of the continuum So that instead of it's over people, he goes back inside and radiates his light so it penetrates people. Same with the banking guys. They have their, uh, if you want to look at it this way, that we call it greedy and we don't even know them. They maybe aren't greedy at all. But anyway, they gather the nuts and bolts and the pennies of the banking world over here and a whole bunch of people don't have any access to it. So some of the same people could turn around inside and find a way to infuse aspects of our society with the money so they would be like an electrode of possibility as opposed to uh, beings behind a wall, behind a gated reality, you understand? 
And they could have a huge impact on the banks. The banks didn't just get weird. They've been weird for a long time. The world's smaller now, and thanks to the Internet, we get to hear more and more about it. So anyway, there we are. <coughs> so we're going to infuse all... I'm sorry, I coughed into my microphone. So we're going to infuse all the people on our table with light. We're going to see the consciousness of all these waves that are coming in from the universe pulsing through these people and lifting lifting them, expanding them so that they begin to perceive the feelings and thoughts and potentials in many, many others on the planet, including all of life, the flora and fauna, the vegetation, and Mother Earth herself. Good, and I'm feeling, do you feel that wonderful energy that's infusing them all? And now we're going to call in, whilst we're sitting here buzzing away, we're also going to call in a beautiful download of a, kind of an orangey, pinky, radiant, uh, radiant uh, kind of light. And we're going to bring it down. It's making me yawn. That's a cleansing thing that happens. Okay, we're going to bring it down to our table. And we're going to round it round and round our um, banking system, the monetary system. And then we're going to spin it round and round Mother Earth. And we're going to focus it tremendously on various parts of our planet where there's sickness, there's Ebola, there's cancer all over the place. There's uh, war. There are these like insanity, these extreme radicals that are nuttier than fruitcakes as far as I can figure out because they're not doing anything that's, anyway, they're not really representing anyone. They're just flipping out as far as I, it's like road rage, only capital R, capital R. And uh, we're going to see these lights coming in through the tops of the heads of world leaders and of the terrorists or whatever else they're called and then we're going to keep dancing these lights round and round and round our planet. So instead of a normal atmosphere, we've got this pulsing, orangey, pinky, radiant light round and round and round the planet, round and round the planet. So the ET beings could see it because it's going right through the resonance of different dimensions. Now it goes around and around the planet, comes back it, through your hands, up your arms, and into your chest, and whirls around and around in your chest, moves up through the chest into the shoulders, where your responsibility for all life is, moves up through the neck, your consciousness of self, which we're working on tonight to change entirely, see? Consciousness of self. These are selfies we're doing. And shoot it up through the top of your head and way out into the great central sun. Let's drop it back down one time, way out into the great central sun, and it turns around and comes back down through the top of your head and shoots right through your body and through your feet and way into the core of the earth. Okay, so we're here. Now I want you to close off the Galactic Healing Center, hop into your star tetrahedron, Spin and spin and spin and spin and spin and spin and now jump to the earth. And now we're going to invite our caller, who I hope is still waiting and I hope was patient. We're going to invite you here. Hi. Hello. 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 Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Do you have a question for me? 
Yeah, I'm curious about one thing. Okay. Uh, I know I know one of my guides, and I've smelt her uh, perfume. Oh, nice. And, and uh, a friend of mine that uh, died about two, three years ago was able to see her. Wonderful. Uh, I want to know... Um, Her, her name is Ariel. Ariel? Yeah. Okay. And First of all, what's your I name? No, Eagle. Oh, okay. Hi, Eagle. Hi. Um, and I, I want to know, um, you know, how much that she is assisting in everything. I, I feel her quite a bit. I haven't smelled her perfume in a long time. My friend that passed away a few years ago told me that she wore her hair in a French bun and that she was so radiant that, you know, she she encompassed a whole lot of areas. She looked very um, sophisticated mm-hmm. when she was on her. So I, I know quite a bit about her, but I'm, I'm curious on how much she actually helps me. So she she was um, in in the flesh. She was in the body in this lifetime. In your lifetime? Uh, I don't know when. I, I say my my friend could see what she looks like. But you know what, Eagle? I think that she, um, she's one of the ascended ones, isn't she? Yes. She's very, very beautiful. She has a lot of mauve and gold and silver light in her. And yes, she does. She helps to inspire you a lot. There are times when you do amazing healing work. But you and I know this, Eagle. You don't do it. It comes through you, right? And and it triggers right. uh, you inspire people to reach their own self empowerment heights. And she is like Tinkerbell, or she seems to have a. Uh, it's it's as if she has a magic wand and she bonks various people. So they help through your work. She helps you help people wake up to the fact that they can do more. And that they can be, I, I want to smile and smile because you can convince people that they are very, very powerful and you can really get them being that way and then they are that way. So be it, right? And she helps right. you with that. She laughs too. She chuckles. I don't know why she doesn't no, I, do I, the perfume. Uh, well, when I first uh, knew about her, I smelled this. Um, um, the best way I can describe it is like a um, a rose smell of a oh, perfume. Oh, nice! Wonderful. Yeah, and uh, and every time I smell it, I know that she's definitely there. But then I can also feel her. And does she ever change into a male form? Because if she does, I've seen, I've seen her in the male form. Well, I, I'm not seeing it that way. But let me just tell you one thing she's telling us right now 
is that she used to use the perfume that it's not the it's not really perfume, but she used to use the scent to cut into your um, so so that you would awaken to it, do you see? But you don't oh, need cool. that anymore. You're already awake to it. So you no, can I, I see it differently. Yeah, you don't yeah, need I it. it but I thought people at home would appreciate the fact that that's sent in order to activate some of your abilities to receive. And then now we're saying as far as turning into a male, no, not so much as much as she has a little, there's a little group of them that she goes with sometimes or brings through sometimes, you know, but she's very much, she's very, very powerful and she's very much a leader where she is. You know that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've sent that. Um, I thought I heard her t- say a few things to me periodically uh, over the last eight years. I think that's um, really I, true. Yeah, and uh, the, I've, I've actually seen this gentleman that is very, you know, uh, aristocratic type of a look. I wanted like to say gallant. Gallant. Like a seven foot tall or so with a kind of goldish hair. Uh, and he's down lovely. To the collar. Yes. Yeah, and very, very, very strong. And I've actually seen him two or three times. Have you heard his voice? But I haven't seen uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, maybe I have. Well, we want to say I mean, to you that he has the most incredible vocal tones. And you will hear them at some point. But he's not she and she's not him. Except that by we're empathic by nature, as you know. And we learn to right. manage that. But by the same token, there can be a fusion of people and they can move together in a consciousness that is shared. And he can do that with her sometimes. Well, there's a very interesting thing that I've seen a uh, minimum of two times. Uh, you know who uh, uh, Ganesha is? No. Mm-mm. He's the elephant god. Oh, Ganesh. Oh, yes, I do know that one. Yeah, well, I've seen him. I have too. I was, uh, I, I was uh, uh, stuck on foot, couldn't get out of a, a town. And I prayed and I basically said, well, you know, I'm ready to go if this is my time. If it's not my time to go, I need to ride out of here. <laughs> Perfect. Dog, t- dog tired. And, and uh, uh, after I finished the prayer, I looked up in the sky and I and I seen the thing. And, and I'm very in tune with, you know, feelings and all that, you know, because I'm a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt. I felt no no uh, fear at all. Uh, in fact, awesomeness like whoa, you know. And uh, anyway, um, when I stopped looking at the niche, um, I seen some headlights 
coming around the corner. And I flicked around really quick, and I barely got up my thumb, and the the truck with the trailer uh, behind it was stopping before I even had my finger out. To, to oh. And took me a uh, hundred and something miles, which was uh, thirty miles from my destination. <laughs> wow! Well, yeah, I always have a Ganesha with me. Always. I've got, Just... I've got one that I, I've got a glass one that I got glued on a, another piece of glass, and I carry that everywhere I go. I love them. And for people, I think all of you know, but for those of you who don't, uh, Krishna had a son, and through somebody's, I can't remember how this happened, but he, his head got lopped off, right? And and his father, his father went his father crazy. Pardon? But his father is the one that lopped it off. Oh, really? Okay, I can't remember. By, ac- by accident. By accident. He, he was so upset, he said that the next living thing that comes in, cut his head off and give it to his son. And that was an elephant, right? Right. And so Ganesha is now known as uh, the symbol of uh, all obstacles being removed from your path, right? That's exactly correct. So there you are. You are are as wise as I thought you were. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, We're on the same path, maybe. Anyway, I think it's really wonderful that you've shared that story with us. And I know that you're a a wonderful healer and more power to you. But also the fact that a lot of people are going to be able to do healing work. And we need to look at that as a shift for the whole consciousness of the species, don't we? Yeah, that's what I'm going to be uh, trying to teach people when I go to uh, Reno in May. Oh, good. I'm and what, what? In, I'm going to be in Reno in May. Uh, well, I'm going to be there the 15th, but the uh, the uh, workshop is going to be uh, actually Saturday the 16th and maybe Sunday. Good. Oh, well, that's and, going to be wonderful. And, uh, be- all, all they have to do is just, uh, look for some advertisement about uh, the eagle. Okay. And it, and, and, uh, But you can call in and remind us a little closer to the time because that's a long way off, you know. I can do that. We want that. But I thank you for your call, eagle. That was really good. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right. You take care. You know, it's really interesting because these times are times that are changing. And as he brought it forward, like there's, there's, uh, let's go back into the karmic thing. Because where you and I are moving out of karmic pathways, we're releasing a lot of change energy in ourselves. And in that change energy, that can include physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual changes that you require. And as you know, setting an intention, being intentional about everything we're doing is a great way to steer the ship of who you are as a transcendent being. It's a pretty exciting time when you think about it, isn't it? Do we have another caller? The call, it's 888-627-6008. I really, well, <laughs> I really want to hear from somebody. But otherwise, I'm going to start talking about thank you 
So let's all spend a few minutes and think about what you're grateful for. And what I started to say earlier is we should sometimes give some thought to being grateful for our own karma. Isn't that an interesting thought? Because I was thinking about um, a number of people. I work with a lot of different people here as an intuitive. But I'm thinking about how many people struggle with feeling, remember we talked about Eisenstein and saying that people are so anxious about the financial world and the financial world squeezes people's lives in a big way and so on. Not because it has to, but because you're always spending your time trying to figure out how to earn more money, studying so you can earn money, paying off your student loans forever in a day, um, working hard in a corporation which is not paying as much as it used to pay and you work longer hours and it costs to get there and you got to have the right. So it's like this anxiety about, uh, about finances. But they're saying that we have the ability to rise up and out of that and not fall prey to a system that is so um, unaligned with who you really are. Because the other thing that we're really learning a lot about is that finding your true nature in the middle of this tremendous gold mine that's you, mining for your true nature, finding out who you really are is going to give you, is going to release a lot of energy and it's going to give you a certain kind of warmth in yourself, a certain kind of appreciation back to thank you, thank you, thank you appreciation for yourself, learning what your own dharma is, which is your soul's journey. And um, I think one of the things that he said was, um, I can't remember the exact line, but it was something like, every time you do any work, you say, I'm here in service. You say, That's your prayer. I'm here in service. Here I am giving my service. And what he says, and I believe this more and more because the flows are changing, he says that as you do that, you go into the flow and what's brought to you are um, almost miraculous ways for you to establish your own service on the planet. And then the money comes the way it comes. I mean, you have to do your books and keep accounts and all that, but the money comes through your intention to give service and because the fields and frequency are changing, they're moving and they're lifting and they're uh, shifting really a lot faster, then you can pick up speed and move into the world in such a way as to uh, be a contributor and to be an appreciation for yourself and all that that entails. So I want to say this is a kickoff time for the holiday, that month of holiday time. And to me, it isn't about turkey and it's not about gifts, uh, except by nature of giving the gift of appreciation to yourself for all you've been through. For our friend who was the king, and even though he was very loving, the nature of his love will turn because he's got that bidding inside of himself to grow his love in a different way, to stand back and let it urge through him. Let, let the love itself bring the service to the people. Not him applying the love where he wants to, but the love itself brings the service to the people. And a lot of what we do, our creativity is to serve, isn't it? Our creativity, our singing, our dancing, our painting, our drawing, our writing. And, and if you have that as an intention, as the fields move and groove, and you're also thinking about um, gifting, 
like uh, Eisenstein's gifting economy kind of thing. When we're thinking about that kind of thing, that the greatest treasures are in the gifting, it gets to be kind of an anomaly, doesn't it? It's kind of fun to play with those things. But as you and I play with them, we really feel the enrichment within ourselves. Ah, so nobody's going to call in. So this is Veronica Antwistle saying, oh, I know, next Tuesday night on Paradigm Shifters, um, I've got two up-and-coming shows I want to talk a minute about. One of them is Diane Collins, who is just a stunningly bright, bright woman, and she's worked a lot with corporations. But she says because of the changes that are going on, we have learned, you know, to work with the quantum, the quantum mind, She's the one who explained to me recently, she says it's interesting because quantum, I think we always know what quantum means, but you know what? I've learned you got to stop and go and check your glossary regularly because you kind of forget or you skew the meaning of the words. Anyway, she said quantum means, or the quanta, I guess it was, means bursts instead of things being a linear progressive event, progression of events where you and I think it through, and we this step after this step after this step. It's not working that way, is it? And she said the quantum means that all of a sudden there's a burst and a whole bunch of things change and you can't really explain it. And that's the society in which we're living. And then talking to Eisenstein about the gifting economy, I'm going, it's so much easier to imagine Letting go, going into surrender, forgiving ourselves, appreciating ourselves, and understanding the more people that do that sort of thing, the better. Because understanding that we're moving into a time where it could be pretty magical. And the reality on this planet can be a whole lot different than anything we've ever experienced. So Tuesday night here on Wonderful BBS Radio at 8 o'clock, you're going to hear me talking to Diane Collins of um, Quantum, I I can't remember what her book is, I, I think of it as Quantum Mind, but it isn't, it's Quantum Thinking, Diane Collins. She'll knock your socks off because she's a very, very bright woman and very enthusiastic. She's done a lot of work with corporations. And then after that, the week after that, guess who's coming up? Is, is Linda Sherman, who's our, oh, she's been a very favorite guest through the years. And she's an astrologer who talks about politics. She gets people wound up until they're going, oh, my gosh, she's scary. But she's actually a delightful, delightful character. And I can hardly wait to have her on as well. So once again, tune in to Diane Collins on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, talking to yours truly. And the week after that, Linda Sherman talking at 8 o'clock. Depending on what you guys think, but we might have Linda Sherman do um, live calls. But nobody called in tonight, so I don't know if it's worthwhile trying to do that. Anyhow, let me know what you think. This is Veronica Entwistle. Tune into my website, veronicaentwistle.com. There's an Ask Veronica button. Let me know what you think of the shows, who you'd like to have on on Paradigm Shifters. Uh, Just let me know how you are. Maybe you want to have a session with me and my guides and angels. That's a good place to order that as well. So I want to say thank you so much for listening to Radiance by Design. And I want to send you much love and say good night.